0: Could a life-altering madness simply be a doctor's visit away? And then we meet a young man in Norway who has a pretty cool job. He's a reindeer herder. Every so often he has to hop on an ATV and plow through the wilderness, making sure all the reindeer get where they're supposed to be. But little does he know that something else may be chasing him. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio I'm your host Jason Carpenter, I'm having a great day I hope you guys are having a great day too I hope you guys are having tons of fun doing whatever you're doing We got a lot of stuff to cover, but first off I do want to announce On November 23rd, that's Thanksgiving to anyone not living in the United States November 23rd 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, we will be doing our fifth annual Dead Rabbit Radio live stream on the YouTube channel. I'll put the the YouTube links in the show notes, but I'll just double check that it's there. Actually, I don't think it always is. But anyways, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Dead Rabbit Radio YouTube channel will be the live stream. Come join us for pumpkin pie and lots of smiles. Get ready to see how slowly it takes for me to respond to your comments. Usually you guys are asking so many questions. I'm answering stuff that's like (laughs) that you guys posted a couple minutes ago. I go on this long-winded stuff. Well, what is the nature of demons? Well, but it's always been a lot of fun. I love doing the live streams with you guys. They tend to last around two hours. You don't have to be there for the full time, but if you go, oh man, I had already started. Swing on by anyways, just for a couple minutes. Stop in, say hi, eat some virtual pumpkin pie. We're gonna have lots of fun. Fifth annual Dead Rabbit Radio live stream on. November 23rd, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Join us. But let's go ahead and get this episode started. Running into Dead Rabbit Radio Command right now is one of our legacy Patreon supporters. Everyone get on your feet and give it up for Hot Diggity Dane. Woohoo! Yeah! Ha ha! Yeah! Woohoo! He's all dancing on the Dead Rabbit Radio Command, bringing us in a ton of Thanksgiving yummies. Diggity Dane, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the show financially through the Patreon or the merch store or anything like that, just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone you know. Dead Rabbit Radio is your favorite paranormal show. If you do support the Patreon, you do get ad-free versions of the episodes and much, much more. Uh, But go ahead and check the show notes if you're interested in supporting the Patreon. But if you can't, I get it. I really do. It's fine either way. Let's go ahead and get this party started, hot diggity-dane. I'm going to toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit dune buggy. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. Drive us all the way out to a local hospital. (laughs) Right when we get to the hospital, we're putting on our lab coats. We're putting on our doctor coats because we're medical professionals now. We're walking on in, and there's like an alarm going off. It's like code yellow. Code yellow. And we're like, oh, what, huh? And we're like running through the hospital. And we see this young woman. She's strapped down to a bed. Uh, uh, And the doctors are like putting lights in her eyes and stuff like that, trying to see like what's going on. (laughs) They're like, Her eyes look fine. I I don't know. Can you tell if someone's sick just by looking at their eyes? Uh, She's struggling. These doctors are having a hard time with her putting the little stick on her tongue. They're like, say, ah, she's like trying to bite them and stuff. We're about to meet this young woman. Her name is Monica. Her her name isn't Monica. We're going to call her Monica, but about to meet this young girl. We'll call her Monica. She's 18 years old. And the doctor's like, we have this patient here. Does she have any history of a psychotic illness? Because she clearly looks insane now. Trying to bite everybody. And the nurse is like, no, according to her charts and her parents, she's never gone crazy before. And the doctor's like, hmm, I wonder what it could be. Is it possible she's done some sort of drugs recently? The nurse is like, looking, look, <laughs> rifling through her pockets. She's looking for crack or trank. No, no, no drugs. <laughs> the nurse is putting them in her pocket. Yummy, yummy, yummy. I'm gonna save that trank for later. Monica has never had a psychotic episode in her life. No history of drug use, but right now she has a high fever, chills, constant diarrhea. Uh she, that would be the worst to be pooping and be crazy at the same time. And her parents have brought her in because she's been acting weird. <laughs> I think the constant diarrhea. I'm sure even if she was of sound mind, she's like, E equals MC squared, but she's just pooping everywhere, you probably still take her to the hospital. But the combination of non-stop diarrhea. And babbling to yourself, paranoid thoughts. The parents are like, we better take her to the hospital. So she's out of the hospital. And she seems to get better while she's under observation. They're trying different treatments on her. And she's like, uh, uh, uh you doing a little bit better. So the hospital says, hey, you can take her back home. <laughs> the family's like, well, you might you cured the insanity. But uh, what about that constant diarrhea that she's been having? The doctor's like, hey, well, we'll see on that one. But. They take Monica back home, but not too much time passes. She starts going crazy again. She can't sleep. She's up all night. She's pacing around the house. She has delusional paranoia. She's like, ah, ah, everything is against me. Ah, look at, ah. She's like freaking out. And the family is like, what is wrong with our daughter? This is completely coming out of the blue. We've never seen her act like this before. She begins talking about seeing God. And demons all around her. Emily's like, okay, okay, we got to deal with you staying up all night long. But once you start talking about the infinite creator of the universe and the most evil things to dwell in it, let's take her back to the hospital. Let's take her back to the hospital. She's clearly insane again. Well, she starts trying to run away from them. She's trying to run away from her family. They finally are able to catch her. They take her back to the hospital. And the doctors cannot figure out what in the world is going on with monica, and they they're asking what has changed in her life recently? What has changed there has to have been something that have triggered this, and her parents go, "Well, you know it's funny that you say that because this all started about two hours after. Dot, dot, dot. We're in this hospital. We also meet a man. We're going to call him Jack. We don't have his real name. He's an office manager. He's 31 years old. He is brought into the hospital by the police. The police found him. I don't know if someone called the cops because he was wandering down the street. I don't know if it was his coworkers because he was an office manager But he was paranoid. He was having these delusions of grandeur and he thought everyone was after him. He was nuts. Scientific (laughs) medical definition of nuts. He says that he can talk to the dead, which is funny because a lot of you're like, Jason, you believe in God and demons and I know you believe in ghosts. A lot of this stuff, you can go, well, a paranormal guy would like believe in this stuff. Yeah, but normally... You don't live a pretty normal life and then wake up and then all of a sudden you're like, ta-da, I can talk to the dead. Oh, I, all this stuff. Like usually it's a gradual thing or you see a ghost maybe and you start investigating it. He's just like, oh, yes, the dead. Teddy Roosevelt was talking to me last night. And I think there are a lot of psychotic illnesses that also mirror my hobbies. <laughs> I mean, I'm, listen, I'm fully aware of that. I'm fully aware of that. But anyways, this guy, he believes he can talk to the dead he believes he has a telepathic connection as well to his girlfriend who also works with him. And the, poli- I think that might have been what triggered it, what triggered police intervention because when they talk to the girl, she's like, oh, we're not we're not boyfriend and girlfriend. We've never dated. He's staring at me trying to send me these telepathic messages. And I just kind of creeped out. Can you, cops, can you please take care of this? He keeps talking about Teddy Roosevelt. He's gone crazy. And the cops do bring him into the hospital and... The same thing, like as he's in the hospital, he's starting to feel better. They're doing all these treatments on him, but the hospital cannot figure out why he's acting crazy all of a sudden. And they go, listen, we know schizophrenia hits men harder than it hits women, but either side can have it. But what's weird is that normally if you have schizophrenia, you don't have zero symptoms. And then at 31, it turns on. It's uh, Sometimes it's a gradual, most of the times, it happens like that sometimes, but most of the time it's a gradual thing. What could have possibly have, caused this man what could have possibly caused jack to all of a sudden start to have all these delusions and people go well you know it's funny you say that because recently dot 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 what's going on what's going on what happened was two hours before Monica went nuts before the chills and the fever and the constant diarrhea. Two hours before that, she had just gotten her first dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. And same thing with Jack. Jack had recently got—he apparently he'd gotten his first dose, and he wasn't doing too well from it. But he wasn't crazy. He didn't go nuts from it, but when he got the second dose— Shortly after that, he began to have all these delusions, and it was so bad in Monica's case that the doc Both of these people are doing fine now, but her doctor said, "Don't get the second dose of the vaccine. If you go- if you had this reaction from the first dose, don't don't do it again." Just <laughs> kind of I mean unless she's looking for a good time, right? She's like, "Oh, that was pretty fun. I don't remember most of it. Lost a lot of weight through the diarrhea. Apparently, I was uh pretty cool. The doctor said I was the funnest patient they'd had in a while." Uh, she goes to walmart and gets another dose of that vaccine this is the reason it's so funny because now you're like oh my god jason what are you talking about i know people are like people have got the keyboards ready this is the reason why i didn't want to talk about this story for so long not because i don't find it super fascinating i i got both of these articles from medical journals and it's funny because the medical journal I, the both of these were published in the national library of medicine and there's a little header to these articles saying Listen, man. We just published this stuff. It was so funny. His little disclaimer goes, "Hey, we just published this stuff, or we're just a collection of these articles. We are neither taking either side on the veracity of this article, but these are medical journal articles, like research papers, sent into the National Library of Medicine. Of course, the links are going to be in the show notes. You can take a look at them. But the the idea is that both of these accounts of Temporary insanity were brought on by the COVID-19 vaccine. And what's interesting is they go, it's a big chicken and egg thing. They go on the one hand, we know that these vaccines, and, and apparently, this is interesting, a lot of vaccines do this. It's extremely rare. But they were saying, like, we've seen this happen in vaccines for yellow fever. We've seen this happen in vaccine, I think, for rabies, which would be kind of hard to tell if it was the rabies or a vaccine making you go crazy. But... The influenza vaccine, they go, we had people who have gotten the influenza vaccine that have gone crazy. So they go, it is something that can happen with vaccines. And they go, the, the hypothesis was that the hypothesis was this. Vaccines, and I think COVID-19 vaccine specifically, but I think other vaccines do this as well, can cause inflammation. And we do see a connection. We don't know why. There's so much we don't know about Schizophrenia. They go, we do see a connection, we might we might see a connection between schizophrenia and inflammation. And a lot of times these vaccines can cause inflammation. So it may not be that they were actually schizophrenic and or borderline or anything like that. If they go, it could just be that the inflammation they're going through causes their brain to act in the same way that a schizophrenic person would. They're thinking that the vaccine may have caused this inflammation in their brain. They also said, oh, we we got to be fair. They go, it could have been that if you get COVID, some people who got COVID had that cyclotine storm, which sounds awesome, right? It's an awesome band name, but it would do something to your brain. And they go, that's also possible that they may have gotten the vaccine and they had gotten COVID shortly afterwards. And that's what was causing them to go crazy, not the vaccine. Who knows, right? Unlikely. But we don't know, and that's what's so interesting. And also for for the fact that the algorithm, you're like, what? Why did the podcast just shut off? It's just this isn't even being heard by anyone. That I didn't, you know, I was cautious about talking about this because you talk about this, YouTube's going to flag it and all sorts of stuff. But I have one episode that is not available on Spotify. They took it down, and I guess it's for COVID nineteen misinformation. It was the episode is Bill Gates the Antichrist. I don't remember. I mean if I said anything like that I was joking. That's such a funny topic to begin with. I remember that episode was I was laughing the whole time. But anyway, so this <laughs> to all my non-Spotify listeners, uh, thank you for sticking with the program. I I'm not saying like I'm not I'm not even going to go on the whole like pro vax anti vax none of that stuff. I'm focusing on this is so weird because You do go into your doctor, whether it's the COVID-19 vaccine or the influenza vaccine or anything. Yesterday, we talked about people doing drugs and going crazy. These are people like going to their doctor and having horrible reactions to these things. I mean, I know there are certain medicines with black box warnings now where it's like uh, this may kill you. This may cause you to have suicidal thoughts. But here's the thing. Not every medicine has that. And while the story of Jack and Monica turned out fine, I mean... Uh, They're both alive. They're both not crazy anymore. I wanted to share this story with you real quick. Heartbreaking story. July 25th, 2019, we're flying over the country of Madagascar. We're in a little Cessna plane. We're leaving behind the village of Anja Javi. And there's we're not really on the plane. You're like, what? I don't remember ever being in Madagascar. You're like, oh, it's Mandela Effect. We're not really on the plane. In the plane is three people. The pilot, you have a woman named Ruth Johnson. She's a 51-year-old woman. And then you have a 19-year-old college student named Alana Cutland. And they're flying out. Now, Alana had been really sick lately. The story took place in 2019. So it has nothing to do with COVID-19. But she'd been really sick lately. She's in Africa. She would, like, call her mom, and she was, like, babbling incoherently over the phone. The mom's like, honey, you need to come home. Like, you're not well. You're really, really sick. And people, she was on this research trip. She was a student at Cambridge University. The people there were like, something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with you, Alana. You're just kind of bumbling, babbling incoherently. So this was interesting. She was going to fly back home to Britain, but first she had to fly out of this village in a Cessna to a hospital where they could then declare her fit to travel home because she was that bad off. They probably wanted to make sure that she could make it not just physically, that she just wasn't going to die on the plane, but also mentally because they could tell something was wrong. And I'm sure there was also probably some like law, right? I'm sure want a bunch of sick people traveling from one part of the world to the other because then you get COVID-19. So... She gets on the plane, and this is to fly her to hospital, and Ruth, who is Alana's friend, and the pilot, uh, Man-Menefa, Mahefa, the pilot's Mahefa, Ruth, they're noticing that Alana's just completely silent as they're in this little Cessna, and they're flying, flying out to this hospital. And they're just a few minutes into the flight when Alana... Opens the door to the airplane. And the pilot looks back. And he's flying it. And he sees the back door open. And Alana's trying to undo her seatbelt. And Ruth begins to try to keep that seatbelt on her. And Alana's just struggling to get it off. And Ruth is like holding down one of Alana's legs, but she's just fighting really hard to get out of the plane. And the pilot's reaching back to try to shut the door, but he can't. He can't get it. Ruth is trying to hold on to Alana, but she gets the seatbelt undone. And now it's down to a 51-year-old woman trying to hold on to this kid, trying to hold on to Alana, keep her in the plane. And Alana's just trying to get out. And Ruth said, I mean, you're 51 years old, right? I know I keep saying that age because Ruth goes, I fought her. I fought her as long as I could. But I ran out of breath. I couldn't fight anymore. I couldn't hold on to her anymore. And Alana just stepped out of the airplane and plummeted to the earth. She didn't even scream as she tumbled out of the plane, falling over 3,700 feet. The police said, and here's the thing, they go, it wasn't an accident, but it wasn't suicide. The police say that we believe That this was a reaction, a really bad reaction to an anti-malaria drug. It's super creepy. Really creepy story. That you could have something like that happen. And I don't know why. This was kind of a blip in the news. It happened back in 2019. I was able to find a few more articles about it. I don't know why they zeroed in on that. Her parents said... We do believe it was prescription drug-related. They go, we don't necessarily think it was the malaria drug because she had taken that before on a previous trip to another part of the world, but they do also think that it had something to do with her medication, but she had a bad reaction to it to the point that she could just walk out of a plane and not even scream as she tumbled down through the sky. Creepy, right? Super weird. And... That's why I'm saying it's not a vax thing. I'm just saying, like, it's so creepy to think that this could happen to anybody with really any medication. <laughs> now you're all pouring your medication in the toilet. You're like, heart medicine? Smart medicine. Get out of here. Flushing it off and you're all clutching your chest. I'm not saying all medicine is bad. But some of it, <laughs> some of it might be. And you don't know. I mean, these are all super rare examples. But it's just creepy to think. And you know, we have these stories. You have to wonder like, and again, I don't think it was like 10% of the people who got vaccinated was running around like a lunatic, but even if it's like 0.01% or whatever, even less, when you have almost everyone in the world that taking this vaccine, you have to imagine there were people who went crazy and it wasn't never connected to this. Or at least I should say they never found a connection to this. If you were already kind of a high strung person, And then you started having a bad reaction to some medicine you were taking. And then the next thing you know, you're running down the street screaming at the top of your lungs. No one's going to be like, didn't see that coming. Because they did. They all saw that coming. But it was the medication that finally pushed you over. Or again, somebody who doesn't have such a good ending, right? They're flipping out. They're totally losing it. And the police show up and they get shot right? Or they commit a crime. They do something horrendous. And they're like, it wasn't like me. I've never thought like that before. I don't know what was going on. And the judge is like, yeah, whatever. Bam, bam, with the gavel. Guilty. 20 years. And you're like, no, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. And (laughs) there's a hypodermic needle sitting in the back of the courthouse laughing. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, who would have made that connection? Who would have possibly thought? Because with this girl, like, let's say she just had high fevers, chills, diarrhea, and she went crazy for a bit, and then, you know, she was running around talking about gods and team. <laughs> that's pretty much me, right? They're like, oh Jason, that's you. Is that a veiled uh, nickname for you? And then uh, you know, just went away. You 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 would have never connected it to the vaccine, but if she had done something illegal in that time period, stolen a car, running down the street naked or something like that. She could say all all she wants. Like, I don't know why I did that. I don't know why they did it. I don't know why I did that. That's not like me. But no one would think, well, it is interesting. Two hours before she broke into that Walmart and started pouring gasoline on everyone, she had gotten the vaccine. <laughs> she got the vaccine at that Walmart. She's like, ah, oh, yes, finally, I'm safe. Time to take off this mask and light the world on fire. You may not make that connection and you may have a huge penalty because of it. Again, it's super, 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 super rare. But you have to figure we have these two stories. I'm sure throughout the world there's probably ten more. Ten more stories and they may have less happy endings. They didn't end up in a medical journal. They ended up in a police blotter. And then those are, I mean, that's bad enough. Taking a medicine and then jumping out of an airplane, plummeting to your death. That's just bleak. You didn't even stand the chance. (laughs) <laughs> don't, throw, don't throw your medicine away. You're like, if you're marking your trip, you're like, all right, going to Africa. Just first have to take this anti malaria pill and listen to 10 Rapid Radio as it digests. You'll be fine. You'll be one of the lucky few. Hot diggity dane. I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the carbiner copter. We are leaving behind this hospital. Fly us all the way out to Norway. <laughs> We're headed out to Norway. The year is 2022, and it's autumn. We're about to meet this young man named Marcus. He's sitting there in a chair. He's stretching. He's holding a hot cup of coffee, and he's drinking it. And his boss is standing up, and he's giving a presentation. And they all knew that this was coming. This is just part of the business. The reindeer business. Apparently, Marcus works at a giant reindeer ranch. I guess would be the term. And this is a big, busy time of year. Because I don't know if you're like, wait a second, what is this, Santa Claus? Why would you need so many reindeer? I don't know. I imagine he mentions that every so often they eat a couple of reindeer, So maybe they sell reindeer meat to other people. But I mean, outside of Santa Claus stuff, what would you need a reindeer for? I understand why you would have a cow ranch or like a bunch of chickens eating them, eating them up eating their eggs but why would you need more than why would you need more than eight reindeer at any given time he works at his giant reindeer ranch but autumn is um a very busy time this is basically inspection time for the reindeer so what they do is the reindeer are just kind of walking around eating a bunch of stuff eating all this grass yum yum yum, yum eating it up and then they'll herd them into this gated area and they check them make sure that they're Doing okay and vaccinate them. <laughs> they also give them vaccinations every so often and reindeers going crazy. Ah, it's running around, poking everyone with their horns, glowing red nose. They'll vaccinate them and he goes, sometimes we eat some of them. Sometimes we eat some of them in front of the other reindeer to let them know who's boss. He says, yeah, we'll take some of them home to eat. But super busy time because they have a large parcel of land and the deer are everywhere. These reindeer are everywhere, so they have to go. Normally, it takes us three days to do this. It takes us three days to get all the reindeer over to where we can check them out. But this year, we're going to do things a bit differently. Instead of everyone working from 6 a.m. to midnight, we're going to break it up into three teams, three groups, three days. So you're in A group, you're in B group, you're in C group. On your given day, you're going to wake up at 6 in the morning, get on your ATV, because we're taking where you just walk and you're like oh boss i forgot to gas at my atv do you mind if i just kind of walk around there I'm like no it'll take you forever to take you till midnight just to get to the other end of it on foot get on your atvs herd the reindeer over into the gate we'll check them out. all that stuff sounds great marcus is like that's awesome apparently this is the first time they're doing this because usually it is like uh You wake up early, you go to bed late, and the next day you're waking up early as well. So everyone's like, oh, that's pretty good. And Marcus, he is assigned to Group 2. His buddy Jerry is assigned to Group 3. A bunch of of no-name losers are assigned to Group 1, and everyone's like, let's do it. Day 3 comes. Everything's been going really well. Day 3 comes. And Marcus's friend Jerry... Wakes up at 6 a.m. And he's like, oh, yeah, the last day of the reindeer run. Everything's been going well so far. I go out. I get on my ATV. Driving off with his buddies to go herding these reindeer. And they're doing a pretty good job. And then he tells his friends, co-workers, he goes, hey, guys, I'm going to go up this hill. There's this hill way over here. I'm gonna go up this hill because I'm pretty sure there's some deer in the forest. So I'll I'll go see. I'll go flush them out myself. And the other, you know, because there's a lot of reindeer, right? And they're like, "Yeah, sure, you go do that, Jerry." So he goes up to this hill, and sure enough, he sees a group of about thirty deer right on the outskirts of this forest. So he's slowly driving towards them with the ATV, and you. What happens is what you would imagine would happen if you were a wild animal and an ATV, no matter how slowly is coming towards you. All the deer walked into the forest. And he's like, great. Probably didn't, <laughs> probably shouldn't have barreled right towards them with my radio blasting." he realizes he ran them all into the forest. He's like, oh, I, got, I gotta get on this part of my job. So he begins driving his ATV through the forest. And that goes about as well as you would think. It's an all-terrain vehicle, but that doesn't include routes. Or shrubs, right? He's, all, he's driving around. Uh, he's going even slower now, and he's like, dude, this sucks. The, I'm making a ton of noise. This is taking forever. The deer keep going in the opposite direction I'm going. That's not helping. This is not working out right. And eventually, he's riding this ATV through the forest, and he gets to this large clearing. He's like, okay, that's a little break (laughs) his butt hurts he's like oh now i'm gonna have constant diarrhea from going over all those roots on this thing he's sitting there in this large clearing and he sees all 30 deer also standing on the opposite side of the large clearing which is perfect but he now they're trapped in the forest he's trying to figure out how to get them out and he definitely doesn't want to drive them deeper into the forest he's thinking well maybe if i circumnavigate this clearing they'll turn and Trying to figure out how to get them to go back the way they just came. Instead of running farther in. That's when he notices that. All of the reindeer begin to run. Not towards him, but also not deeper into the forest. They begin to run out of the forest. Because, you know, (laughs) they may draw on a map. I was like, just trust me, there's north, south, east, and west. They're headed... Through the forest, and Jerry's like, okay, that's cool. I don't know what startled them, but they are headed in a pretty good direction. And that is when he sees his buddy Marcus on his ATV. That's when he sees his buddy Marcus. Marcus is driving his ATV through the forest. And he's coming at just the right angle to get those reindeer running. And he watches Marcus drive by on his ATV. And he's like, whoa, that's awesome. I didn't expect backup. Didn't even expect backup because Marcus worked yesterday. He had just pulled a 6 a.m. to midnight shift. And who he wasn't supposed to be working today, but I'll, I'll take it. Marcus, what a good guy. Jerry fires up his ATV and follows after them. And they're just kind of riding now through the forest, And eventually they begin to get through the trees. And it's perfect. It's working exactly how it's supposed to be working. The reindeer are all running towards the fenced in area where the bigger herd is. Sure, it took two ATVs, and Jerry was hoping he could do it himself, but you know, luckily Marcus came to his rescue and they're riding these ATVs. All the reindeer are running. And right as they begin to approach the big herd, Jerry turns and he looks, and Marcus isn't there anymore. Marcus must have peeled off on his ATV, went somewhere else. You know, not a big deal, right? They still got a lot of work to do. It's strange that Marcus is working when it's his day off, but, you know. Jerry ends up finishing getting the deer in, getting the deer all into the main area, and Jerry ends up walking up to Marcus's dad, which actually, now that I think about it, might be the owner of the reindeer ranch. He definitely worked there. But I think he was also the owner. Uh, Jerry walks up to Marcus's dad and goes, "Hey, that was really cool that your son w- came to help out. Cause I was stuck back there. We were stuck in the clearing, and I didn't know how I was going to get him out. It's pretty awesome." And the dad goes, "What? Are, what are you talking about?" Jerry goes, "You, hey, Marcus. Marcus came on his ATV, helped me out a real tight spot. It was awesome. Cause I know he worked late last night. He got off at midnight. I was, figured he'd be sleeping in." Dad looks at Jerry and goes, I just got off the phone with Marcus. He's eating breakfast. Jerry's like, what? Later that day, Jerry, you know, still working, sees Marcus standing at the fence line. Jerry walks up to him and goes, hey, uh, where have you been? Marcus's like, what? A weird question to ask, right? It's my day off. I just... I." I got to to eat breakfast, and then I did some other day-off stuff, and now I'm just coming out here to see how everything's going, and Jerry goes, that's... No, dude, like, your dad told me... No, uh uh-uh. No. Marcus is super puzzled by this. So Jerry tells him, hey, listen, I know this sounds weird. I don't know if you and your dad are pulling a prank or whatever, but... I was trying to get some deer in... Up by the trees. They all ran in the forest. I went in after him on ATV. Jerry's walking around with ice packs on his butt. He goes, and then you came in your ATV. Saw you pull up in your ATV and you helped me get the deer out. And then as we got closer to the herd, you peeled off it. Lost track of you, but your dad said you're eating breakfast. Then Marcus is... perplexed to say the least because that did not happen now Marcus posted this story online and he goes "I, I is as impossible as this story sounds he goes I did work the second day that's true and I woke up I slept in that next morning woke up and was eating breakfast by the time the rest of those numbskulls are out doing the rest of the job I did not get on my ATV and drive deer out of the forest. But while I was at home eating breakfast, this is so weird. This is such a bizarre story. He was at home eating breakfast and he apparently got dressed, came out to the fence line. Those were the clothes that Jerry saw Marcus wearing on the ATV. He goes, he was wearing whatever, Marcus is besides himself. He goes, I don't know what it was. He goes, but Jerry described it 100% was my ATV, and it was me. It was my clothes. It was nobody else. It was no one on his team. He was the only one over there, but then all of a sudden, quote unquote, I showed up wearing the clothes that I was going to put on later in the day, riding an ATV. It was wearing his clothes, driving his ATV, came out of the forest, helped him get the reindeer out. And Marcus, he posted this on, online under the name Reindeer Are Awesome. And This, again, is one of those accounts that I went through. Because this is such a bizarre story and it says a lot about the world of the paranormal. We'll kind of analyze it in a second. But everything else he posts are pictures of reindeer. It's, a, it's an adorable, it's an adorable account. You want to look at pictures of reindeer and see this beautiful Norwegian countryside. It's all of this stuff. This account's been around for a while and it's just all reindeer stuff showing how, yes, reindeer are awesome. And then the story of a doppelganger, a mimic, an omen. It's super weird because if you think about it, it's almost like having a LinkedIn account. Like, this is all he talks about is his job and all of the great things about Reindeer. It'd be like having a LinkedIn account and then in the middle of it, having a story about the time he fought a goblin in the office. You're like, why is this in here? Why is this in here? It's a very, very specific account. He's like, I don't know what this was. He goes, I don't know what this was. And it terrifies him. He goes, it was riding my ATV. It was dressed like me. It was me. This was Jerry. He knew who I was. He wouldn't have been mistaken. But even if he was mistaken, even if it was another person on the crew, it wasn't. No one else was in that area. No one else in the team was over there. Even if you could say, you know, well, maybe he he saw it wrong. It was an, uh, There was no other member of the team over there. You could go, it was a trick of the light, it was a trick of the light, riding an ATV for a distance that startled the reindeer, got them out of the forest, and then continued over the fields until they approached the larger group, and the larger group meant the rest of the witnesses. The larger group meant Marcus's dad. That's when this thing disappeared. And Marcus ended his post by saying this, Super interesting. He goes. The first thing that popped up in my head was that it was a sign. I thought I was going to die, and that thing was hinting at me being a ghost. That's very um, uh, northern Europe, really. I, 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 I guess there is the idea that the doppelganger may be a, but see, even again, I think that story of the doppelganger being a. a omen of your upcoming death is still very Northern Europe superstition. You don't hear that much in more in modern-day mimic stories or doppelganger stories, uh, but yeah. He goes, originally I thought it was a, an omen that meant that I was going to die, and then he continues, but I'm still alive, so it wasn't that. My second thought, that it was an ancestor that looked like me, but then why did he have the clothes and the ATV? To this day I'm kind of scared to drive through that wooded hill in case I meet myself in there. That's a good point. Probably you wouldn't want to go out there. Definitely not alone, and it's almost like that doesn't even seem like a fun ghost story. Imagine if you heard in your town there was an old house at the end of a street that was haunted. And then they go, but it's it's haunted by you. You're like, what? Your friends go, yeah, it's super weird. When we walk by that house late at night, we see you standing in that house looking out through the window. Like, okay, I don't, I don't, I don't ever want to go there. I don't ever want to go there ever. I'm actually planning on moving. I'm packing up right now. I'll never be in this city again. It's a different kind of haunting. Absolutely terrifying. And you would think. Yeah, I, don't, I I don't want to go up there. What if? And what's funny is other people would think you were foolish. Your father would be like, "Marcus, get up there. <laughs> That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Go up to that forest. You got a job to do." What I thought was interesting about the story is it might be the first time we've encountered a mimic or maybe even, I mean, I don't want to go so far as to say a, a, a ghost, because we've seen ghosts like this. But this might be the first time we've ever come across a mimic that mimics a mechanical vehicle to go along with it. You know, you can talk about skinwalkers. You can talk about shapeshifters, doppelgangers. They're always person to person. Right? It's a mimic of a human. This was a mimic of a human on an all-terrain vehicle that sounded like one, moved like one. This is off the charts. Like, you might have a ghost that can mimic the sound of a train. You may even have a ghost train coming through a certain area. You can still hear it late at night. chicka chicka, chicka. But this would be something different. This was actually, this wasn't like a ghost. There's no story of the haunt, and the guy's still alive, right? So we know it's not a ghost, but even if there was, you could have a ghost ATV. But this one actually did a job. It helped Jerry out when he needed it the most. It helped him get these deer in, which was also Marcus's job. Again, it's an interesting thing. If it was a ghost, it's not like it just scared them randomly. It helped him get them out of the forest and towards their destination. What was this thing? If it was a mimic, if it was a shapeshifter, they can shapeshift vehicles? They can actually mimic the four-wheel drive power of an all-terrain vehicle? Because, come on, if this is what we're up against, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, if they can do this, if, if, I, I don't know where else to classify it. That's another reason why I love this story. It's, Not a ghost. Again, the idea that it's an ancestor, it's very Northern European. But it's not even a time slip because it's happening now. I think really the only, I think there's, you could say he's making it up. That's the skeptical answer. But I think the other ways we could put it in is it's some sort of shapeshifter. Or it was two realities colliding there was a reality where marcus was working on day three (laughs) that's pretty mundane mandela effect right everything in the multiverse is exactly the same except on this day marcus got day three and in our universe he got day two but then why is he headed directly up there who knows i mean again this is one of those super puzzling stories but to me the terrifying aspect is the fact that if This supernatural force, whatever it is, can mimic an all-terrain vehicle. The clothes. See, the doppelganger taking on the, the clothing of someone, that's pretty normal. Most of the time, mimics are just the voices calling you into a room. It's the sound of your mom. It's the sound of your child crying. Sometimes it's the sound of you, your voice from down in the basement. We get that type of stuff. It mimics you. We've covered a lot of those on the show. Doppelganger is kind of the same thing, but that's a term that we'll use to say that we've seen it. Doppelganger, Mimic, they're kind of the same thing, but, like, I mean, you have to wonder, could this thing... Whatever type of force this is, this seemed pretty helpful. It helped Jerry get his job done. But if it wanted to, could it mimic a taxi in downtown New York? You get in the back seat, it's a taxi. It looks like a taxi. It smells like a taxi. Has a taxi driver who just stares straight ahead as he begins taking you down the busy streets of New York City. Could it mimic your car? So when you walk out and you see your car in the driveway, you're half awake anyways. They're gulping down coffee, you get in it, put your key in, it works perfectly normal like your car does. Pull out of the driveway, you head off into the early morning. Could it mimic a house? Who knows? This is so fascinating to me. just like the story that we just talked about with the medicine, that for some people it could be extremely dangerous. A minutia, right? A tiny, tiny, tiny amount of people. And have such negative side effects from many so- or any of these type of medicines. Mental side effects and physical side effects. Those can happen all the time, but you know what I mean? Like the, the scary ones, the mental ones. You could have the same thing here. Most people never see a ghost. Some people do see ghosts. And out of all those people who are involved in the paranormal, an even smaller subset of them will come into contact with something called a mimic. It's not a ghost in their house, it's them. Something impersonating themselves or a member of their family. It's not a spirit per se, it's not a ghost, it's something else. And out of that subset, you have an even smaller group of people. Almost so small you wouldn't even notice it. It's such a small fraction of a percent that when they disappear, when they mysteriously vanish on their way to work, or they never make it to their job interview in New York City, it's just mysteries. unsolved mysteries, that there's no real clues. Because even in the world of the paranormal, we would never even think to look at the possibility that something impersonated a vehicle, something impersonated a building or a home. We never even considered that. But if this story is true, then that means that is on the table. That these things, whatever they are, not ghosts, not Mandela effects, not alternate universes, and it could be one of those things, but focusing on this, if this is a mimic, they're capable of impersonating modern technology. And if that's the case, is anywhere safe? radio at gmail.com is going to be our email address you can also hit us up at facebook.com slash radio. tiktok is at deadrabbitradio Dead Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast you don't have to listen to it every day i'm glad you listened to it today have a great one guys